Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a wonderful presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Victory belongs to him. You know, I love this song because it's just full of faith. I'm going to see the victory. Not I might see it, but I'm going to see it. I believe sometimes you just need to encourage yourself in the Lord and tell yourself, I'm going to see the victory. God's going to give me the victory. Jesus gives us the victory today. I believe God's going to come through for somebody in this place today. The Lord doesn't tease us or confuse us. The Bible says he's not the author of confusion. So he doesn't dangle victory in front of us and then snatch it away. He's not that kind of God. He just offers victory. And this hour is for the taking. We can have victory in this life. Sometimes learning what victory is, that, that takes a little while. But, but I know today that living the life of the Lord and living with him in my life, is uh, that's victory enough right there. God gets you through every day. He'll get you through every day. He'll get you through every situation. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. Amen. Thankful for the Lord. Let's give him a hand clap of praise. I'm thankful for our choir and our music today. What a great job. Appreciate them coming and ready and to lead us and getting us ready for the word of God. Thankful today uh, to be able to have uh, one of our young ministers, Brother Jake, going to preach for us this morning. Let's give the Lord a hand as he comes this morning. We'll give that to the Lord one more time. If you really mean it, and if you really love him, and if you really know that he's a God who gives us victory, not for me so I can hear you, why don't just one more time you lift your Hallelujah. voice. There's a lot of people screaming for yes, football yesterday. Yes. There's a lot of people screaming and shouting and getting excited. Well, I'm in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, my Savior, my Deliverer, my peace, my comfort, my strength, and I'm excited about it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God is so, so good. I know today that I've got a word from the Lord that's going to help us. But even before we get into the word, just right now, just for just a second, I want you to lift your hands and I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, refresh me right now. Even before we get into the word, refresh me. Don't let there be anything that would hinder me from receiving your word today. Lord, let it flow. Let your anointing flow. Let your glory fill this house. Lord, and cover me and wash over me and cleanse me right now so I can be changed and hear your word and be made better and be made more like you. Lord, I want to receive what you have for me today. Refresh us now, Lord Jesus. Get 
right into the our scripture today in First Peter chapter four. First Peter chapter four, starting in verse twelve. Read verses twelve and thirteen, starting off here. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. Come on now. As though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be able, or you may be glad also with exceeding joy. And I want to preach just for a few minutes today on this thought a right way to suffer. A right way to suffer. Lift your hands one more time. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for what you've already done in this place today. Lord Jesus, I'm your servant. I pray that you would just speak through me today. Lord, I'm a vessel for you to use. And I pray that you'd open our ears, our spirits, our minds, our hearts to receive your word, to be made better by it. We believe in you and we trust in you today. I give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. seated today thank you Lord a right way to suffer they say everything happens for a reason how many believe everything happens for a reason you got to really think about that because it sounds good And I I do believe everything happens for a reason. Sometimes the reason is I'm a dummy. And that's the reason that happened. I do believe that to everything there is a season. And a time to every purpose under the heaven. That's the word of God. I believe that God is a God of purpose. And I believe that God is intentional. And I believe that He is invested in us. In our well-being. In our growth. Nothing catches God off guard. Nothing surprises Him. Nothing worries Him. Nothing intimidates Him. I believe that all things work together for good to them that love God and are the called according to His purpose. I believe that with all of my heart. But notice that. His purpose. It's about His purpose. When it comes down to it, it's do I trust that He has a purpose? Every day, it seems, that there is more suffering in this world. More tragedy. More disaster. And our world, especially our country, is on fire right now in more ways than one. What a... And I, I'm just, I tried to get away from saying this because I'm sick of hearing about it. But what a year. 
2020 has been. Just stay with me for a second. So much tragedy. So much distress. So much sickness. So much heartbreak. So much loss. So many trials. It's been a year. There, there is something about this year. <laughs> it's not coincidence. It's not just, oh, this has just been a pretty rough year. This has been, on all scales, personal, in your, even in your town, your city, your country, up to our world, it has been a year. All of this happening. And the Word of God tells me, To rejoice. All of this going on. Everything that has happened, not just to other people, everything that's happened to me, Lord. And you tell me to rejoice. I'm supposed to rejoice in heartbreak, in loss, in hardship, when it seems like everything is falling apart around me and I have no control over it and I'm supposed to rejoice but let me remind you of something that suffering is a part of life y'all are like good lord where is I am persuaded but suffering is a part of life listen It's part of the nature of life in this world. Now, I don't want you to get me wrong. I'm not saying that we are in a constant state of depression and suffering and tears and that God is laughing as He continuously inflicts pain on us. I understand that we enjoy things and people and the blessings of God and we have mountaintops and we celebrate and we laugh and we have good times in this life. I'm not saying we don't have those things. But in this sin-sick, and that is the best way to sum it up, in this sin-sick natural world that we live in, suffering will come. It will rain on the just and on the unjust, and on the rich and the poor, sick or well. No matter your background or culture or family or country or social status, Suffering will come. But we, as the people of God, must understand that there's a lot of things that are different about us as the people of God. But we've got to understand that there is something different even in the way that we suffer. In the same chapter in verse 16, Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. Now listen to this. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to Him in well-doing as unto a faithful Creator. Let them that suffer according to the will of God. This lets me know There's a right way to suffer. 
There is a godly way to suffer. There is a Christian way to suffer. Not as people in the world without hope suffer. I guess y'all don't ever go through nothing. There is a right way. I'm going to say it because it sounds weird to say, so I'm going to say it until you get it. There's a right way to suffer. We glory in tribulations. We count it all joy when we fall into diverse temptations. I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. His strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I want to tell you that there is a power that rests upon me when I suffer the right way. I'm telling you, if you're suffering, but you'll suffer the right way, there is a special power and a special anointing that comes with godly suffering. Because suffering's going to come. But if I suffer the way God said to suffer, if I suffer the right way, the power of Christ will rest upon me. Mm. Anointing requires brokenness. Refinement requires fire. Even the privilege of intercession requires heaviness to be upon me. A miracle requires a problem with no natural solution. Listen to this. God is never more readily close to you than when your heart is broken because he is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart if my heart is broken then I can know that Jesus is with me that he is nigh unto me there's a special kind of power in godly suffering I think you understand where I'm going now I think you're with me now we don't suffer the same way that the world suffers In, in, in verses 17 and 18, listen, for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel? Now listen, this is a scripture we can, we can look at the wrong way. And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Now people, they get scared of that verse because they think, man, if the, the righteous are scarcely saved... And we feel like, man, I, I feel like I'm barely scraping by on a lot of days. If the righteous are scarcely saved. But that's not saying that you can just expect that you're just barely going to make it in. That you have to be afraid of just barely making it in. But that word scarcely, it implies exertion. It implies struggle. It implies difficulty. And what it's saying here is that everybody's going to suffer. And it's saying if, if it's going to get hard for the people of God, if the people of God are going to go through trials and tribulations and, and, and be pressed and be tested, then what, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel? See, we don't suffer in the same way. The world suffers without hope. 
The world suffers without promise of victory. The world suffers without peace that passes all understanding. Peace I give you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. We don't suffer the same way. That is right. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time, they say, there's Romans 8. There's something out of Romans 8. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Now listen, yeah, that's, that's exciting. But listen, there's a reason we say things like, this world is not my home. There's a reason we say things like, uh, don't get comfortable in this life. Store up treasures in heaven, not in this world. There's a reason we say things like that. Yes, the Lord will use things to take us to better things in this life. He'll use things to take us to the next chapter, to another level, to get us to another place, even in this life, in this world that we're in. But there's a purpose for suffering that affects eternity. If I suffer, I suffer according to the will of God so that I can be in a place where there is no more suffering, where there is no more crying, where there is no more death. Where there is no more heartbreak or pain. Come on, somebody. The Lord said in one place, I'm sorry, let me back up. There's nothing impure that will enter the kingdom of heaven. As in Revelation, it's not going to enter. Nothing impure can enter there. So I've got to be refined. The Lord said in one place, and I will bring the third part through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined. And I will try them as gold is tried. The Lord said, I'm going to do it. It's not the devil. It's not just this life. It's not the, I'm, I'm going to refine them as silver is refined. I'm going to try them as gold is tried. Now watch. They shall call on my name and I will hear them. And I will say, it is my people. And they shall say, the Lord is my God. Job said, but he knows the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. I know that it is the Lord. Now listen. And thank you, Drake. For blowing our minds with this Wednesday night. I about flipped backwards out of my chair when he said this. And I told him, I said, I'm going to give you credit, but that's going in my notes for Sunday. But heaven, this city that we're living to see, even what it is built out of, has been refined. In Revelation 21, verse 18, And the building of the wall was of jasper, and the city was pure gold like unto clear glass. Jesus, help me with these pronunciations. And the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper. The second, sapphire. The 
third, uh, Chalcedony, the fourth, an emerald, the fifth, Sardonyx, the sixth, Sardius, the seventh, Chrysolite, the eighth, Beryl, the ninth, Topaz, the tenth, uh, Chrysoporus, Chrysosporus, dinosaur, the eleventh, a Jacinth, the twelfth, an amethyst. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every several gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, as it were transparent glass. Do you know what it takes to get those kinds of stones and minerals and, and, and pearls and things like that to be as transparent glass? They go through the fire and they go through extreme pressure so that all the impurities are burned out. Even a pearl in an oyster starts off as just something that's just, it's just this, this nasty thing that gets inside of it. But then it's pressured and, and it's refined and, and it turns into this beautiful pearl. How can we think that we are not going to have to be refined? I tell you what. Knowing that nothing impure shall enter, if I want to be pure to enter the kingdom of heaven, then there's going to be some extreme pressure, and there's going to be some heat, and there's going to be some fire, and there's going to be some refinement, but it's going to get me into the gate. I've got to be refined in the fire. I'm going to glory in the fire. If he throws me in the furnace, I'm coming out on the other side and all the impurities are going to be taken out. I'm going to be as transparent glass. I'm going to be as pure gold. And so I rejoice. So I rejoice in this hope, in this blessed hope that I have because I don't suffer the same way the world suffers. There ain't going to be nothing there that hasn't been refined. There ain't going to be nothing there that hasn't been refined in the fire. That hasn't been under extreme pressure and heat. I'm telling you, that includes me. And it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. The Holy Ghost wants to tell somebody today. God, let me tell you, God is in control. My Lord, oh, we say it, we sing it, we, 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 just, we pray it, we say it over and over again. I trust God, God's in control, but God is in control. Man, when, at what point? point what what does it have to what does it take at what point do we do we start to think that there is something that God doesn't know about there is something that God is not in control of God is in control you've got to understand that God is working it out for your good stop giving credit to everything else and stop giving credit to the devil when God is supposed to get the glory This ain't so the devil can get blamed. This is so God can get the glory. We need need to take this phrase, throw it in the trash. We say, all hell has broken loose. Well, the last time I checked, Jesus took the keys to hell. Hell cannot break loose. Hell cannot break loose. 
So that went, some of y'all just, I guess some of y'all don't ever go through anything. Hell cannot break loose in my life. Hell does not have the keys. The devil doesn't have the keys to hell. I'm not going to ever say hell is broken loose again because hell doesn't even have an option to break loose. God is working on my behalf. The devil can't even do anything without God's permission. God's going to get the glory. All the devil can do is talk and lie. But while he's talking and while he's lying and while he's scheming and he's trying to get in your ear, God is working. Even when I can't see it, he's working. Even when I can't feel it, he's working. God is in control. I wish somebody would get excited with me today. I don't care what you've been going through. I don't care. Pardon me for getting a little excited and a little bit loud. But it's good to know that God is in control. It's good to know that God has got his hand in this. You think I look crazy while you're jumping up and down on your couch watching the Bulldogs score? I'm excited. Because I know, knowing this, I have a blessed hope that there's nothing God is not working on in my life. I don't ever have to be without hope. I don't ever have to be in distress. God is working on your behalf. I'm not trying to just get you riled up. I'm not trying to just say something that sounds good. I'm trying to give you a word from the Holy Ghost today. In more ways than one, the Lord confirmed this word today. You need to know that the Lord has been working and is working and will work on your behalf. Listen to this. To sow something. Not to sow. But to sow something. To plant seed. And to reap is to gather what is produced. The crop that's produced by that seed. The Bible tells us in Galatians 6 and 7. Whatsoever a man soweth, that also shall he reap. And the Bible tells us in Psalm 126 and 5, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Well, the Bible does not contradict itself. It's based on Galatians 6 and 7. You can say that if you sow tears, you reap tears, not joy, Right? But Psalm 126 does not say they that sow tears. It says they that sow in tears. It doesn't say they that sow tears. It says they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. You still reap what you sow. But even if you have to sow in tears... So, because you're going to reap joy. Come on, somebody. I'll sow victory in tears. 
I'll sow healing in tears. I'll sow restoration in tears. I'll sow revival in tears. I'll sow my prodigal coming home in tears. I'll sow my lost loved one being saved in tears. Because when harvest time comes, it doesn't matter how many tears I cried. It doesn't ha- when harvest time comes, joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again. Shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Oh, precious seed, precious seed, precious seed. Oh, it's so precious, that seed that you sow in tears. Because the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. That's victory. the Holy Ghost somebody needs to somebody needs to receive this word today I'm trying to help you I'm trying the Lord's trying to help you today if you have to sow it in tears then sow it sow sow joy in tears sow victory in tears Sow your answer. Sow the blessing. Sow it in tears because you shall doubtless come again with rejoicing. I'm telling you that there is glorious purpose for your suffering. Give me just a couple more minutes here. There is glorious purpose for your suffering. Somebody needs to be like the Apostle Paul and say, I think myself happy. I got, I got financial trouble. I got things going on. It looks like things are falling apart. I got loss, heartbreak, trials and tests and situations and circumstances that I can't do nothing about. But I think myself happy. People say, well, happiness and joy are different things. I know that. In one place, it's talking about going through all kinds of uh, trials and persecution and things. And, and he said, happy are ye. So don't tell me I'm not going to be happy. I'm just going to have joy. I, if, if you got the joy of the Lord, you can think yourself happy. You can, that, that's, that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of that, that it doesn't even make sense for a child of God. It's because I can be sad but think myself happy. I can be in tears and weeping and mourning, but I think myself happy because I have a hope and I suffer in a way that this world doesn't suffer because God is bringing glorious purpose out of all of this. Come on, somebody. My tomb is on a timer. Anybody remember that? I know it's for the glory of God. I know that Jesus is going to turn it around. I know that what the enemy meant for evil, God's turning it around for my good. He'll give me beauty for ashes. He'll
He'll take the precious from the worthless. He'll give me the oil of joy for mourning. He'll give me the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Weeping endures for just a night, but joy comes in the morning. He turned my mourning into dancing. He turned my sorrow into joy. To everything there is a season. Turn, 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 turn. God's turning it around. God's turning it for my good. Sorrow to joy. Jesus. Jesus. I'm sorry if this ain't what you came for today. This might not be what you expected out of a church service today. But I'm preaching to you hope. I'm preaching to you something. Even the way that we live for God is supernatural. And it doesn't make sense to the world. It doesn't make sense to our flesh. We respond to suffering. The music can come. We respond to suffering in a way that it doesn't make sense in the natural mind. It doesn't make sense to the world. Because we have these promises. My heart is broke. He is nigh unto me. Even in, even in loss, even in death. Death, where is that sting? Grave, where is that victory? I know that fire is refining me yet. Let me get to my last point here, because this is something to encourage us as the church as a whole. I, I, I want to, I'm talking to us on a little more personal scale, but I'd like to share, and many of you already saw this, but I want to share this because it, it, it speaks to the church as a whole, and it speaks to where we are in this day, and and it, is, it just shows that God's in control, truly. How many believe that God still speaks? How many believe that, that while, while He'll speak through His Word, His written Word, how many believe that God is alive and He speaks to His people just like He did? Now listen to this. You, you, you might believe this or not. I believe it because I know that the Lord speaks. Brother Bernard, our general superintendent, he, when he preached his general conference message the other night, he shared something that a man of God, Elder Daniel Scott, prophesied the Lord had told him more than once to send 
this and share this with Brother Bernard. And he spoke to Brother Bernard on a personal level as the superintendent. But then the Lord, this is the word that the Lord spoke to him and he wrote it down. And, and this was in August of last year before the world exploded. And this is the word of the Lord. He said, my son... I will send a devastation on the United States, the like of which has never been experienced. The devastation will come with destruction multiplied times over, and the people will tremble. That sounds familiar. I will do this to bring the nation to its knees. Even the kings of the earth shall be clothed in fear. The entire population of the United States will then know the paths of treachery that their leaders have traveled to destroy the faith of so many. My people who are called by my name will be tried severely, but my purpose will be to show myself to be their God even before I come to gather them unto me. But the end is not yet. This will take place just prior to my return and I will use this devastation to cause many spiritual prodigals who have turned away from me to return and reconsecrate their lives to me. And many who have left the love of righteousness and of the gospel to realign their principles. Also, I will bring multitudes to know me because at that time there will be a revelation that all men everywhere will know that I am the only Lord God. God is in control. The Lord spoke this before any of this. Brother Bernard said, I've carried that letter since August. Carried it everywhere I preached and then now watching it unfold. But it seems like we're right in the thick of it, doesn't it? And it seems like everything that's happening in our nation, in our world, just kind of trickles down and and we're experiencing things on personal levels. But I I don't know how to say it better than God is in control. And God knows what He's doing. And we need to remember there is a right way to suffer I can glory in it I can rejoice in it stand with me today I don't care who you are in this place today I know that you've got something going on And you've got something that you've struggled to understand why. I'm telling you, the Lord has not forsaken you. But He's close to you. And He loves you. And He's bringing purpose out of this. And He is refining you. The Lord is refining you.
I feel the Holy Ghost. I wasn't sure if we'd be shouting, if we'd be crying, but I feel that the Lord just wants to move right now. Could you find a place in these altars today? If you receive this word, could you find a place in these altars and say, Lord, I I surrender my understanding to you. I surrender my feelings and my emotions and everything that's going on around me. Lord, I surrender it to you, to your purpose, to your will. Lord, I trust you in all things. I believe you're working it, Lord. I believe you're refining me. Do with me what you will, Lord. Form my life. Mold me and shape me. Help me, Lord, to align my life and my will with your purpose, Lord Jesus. Let's receive the word of the Lord today.
Thank you, Jesus. The right way to suffer. I don't think I've ever preached that here, but I preached that a long time ago. When he, when he went to those scriptures, I remember, I remember the Lord showing me that when I first came into the church. Because as a new convert trying to break free from the things of this world and the things that were trying to drag me back, uh, it seemed like my world was upside down and everything was going wrong. But the Lord showed me in those scriptures that there was a right way to suffer. And I just began to praise God anyhow. And when you do that, God's going to come through. You know, we've, he mentioned that this, this has been a year and, and even here, especially in our church and even just recently, you know, we've had a, as a church family and we, we've experienced loss in this church and we've watched know some of our precious people here have to say goodbye to a dear loved one and I was so encouraged today to see Sister Sabrina and her family here and worshiping the Lord and praying and doing what they were doing before this loss Sister Sabrina and her family have they have suffered but they've suffered the right way And that's why they're still in the altar praying and loving the Lord. Oh, their heart's broke, but but it doesn't take the joy of the Lord away from them. And so I'm thankful for examples sometimes that God puts in our life, people so close to us that we can see and understand that, that God keeps people even in the most difficult of trials this message, I'm not even adding to this message but there was a scripture that came to my mind Peter wrote a lot of things, that whole epistle ties together from chapter to chapter but there was something he said right at the beginning that he began to talk about people going through things he said, right now you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be you're in heaviness through manifold temptations that the trial of your faith be much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire. It won't be found unto, wow, what happened to it? Look at that. That looks like junk. That didn't work. He said it'll be found unto praise and honor and glory. He said if it needs to be this way, God knows why. Sometimes we don't know why it needs to be like this, but God knows. But I can promise you it will always work together for our good because that's what God does. I'm thankful for that wonderful word from the Lord today. And I'm thankful to be reminded that there's a right way to suffer. And uh, just incredible teaching, revelation. We're not sowing tears, we're sowing in tears. How many of you have caught something when he said that? Boy, I tell you, that brings a whole new light to things. Thank you, Lord. Aren't you thankful for God speaking to his people today? Hallelujah. Let's let's stand together. We're gonna we're gonna pray as we're dismissed, and I want a couple of our a few of our people just to would mind going over and praying with Sister Sabrina and her family. Some of you guys would gather around them. We want to pray for them today. Not just trying to call them out, but we also want to remember 
Brother Rose had reminded me, I saw this post, but his dad just buried a brother and is fixing to bury another brother just in the same week. uh, It's everywhere. We want to pray for these families to be strong, for them in their suffering to suffer the right way. Let's pray for our church family. Let's pray for Brother Rose, his family today. Let's lift them up right now. Let's gather around them and pray and speak faith right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus right now, Lord. Oh, bless our brother. Bless our sisters today, God, and encourage them. Lord, as they go through this time of grief and loss, Lord, that you would lift them up, God. They may sow in tears, but they will reap in joy. And Lord, we're going to praise you for it, God. Lord, we're going to bless your name, God, for taking care of us and taking care of our people. Oh, God, help us as we go through these days, Lord. It may be dark, but we know joy comes in the morning. Glory to your name today, Jesus. Lord, we magnify you in this house. Bless the church, Lord. Bless your people. Keep your hand upon us, God. This is how we fight our battles. In Jesus' name. Victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to us. If it belongs to him, it belongs to us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for greater is he that is in you. I'm thankful for victory today. I'm glad that he settled it in heaven forever when he said, In this world, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I'm so thankful today that we can still rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Praise God. Let's give the Lord a hand and a shout of praise. Aren't you thankful for him? God's going to come through for you. God is in control. God is in control. As one one precious man said many times, God is faithful. Praise God. Let's believe that today. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. For all of our visitors, let's give our visitors a hand that are here today. We're glad you joined us. Hope to see you again. Appreciate you being with us today. Let's pray for our people.
pray for those that are out sick today that God will touch them and let's remember prayer meeting tomorrow night at 7 o'clock you don't want to miss it let's be here and see what God's going to do amen God bless you you can be dismissed today in Jesus name